We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, this week I have decided to cross the river into Illinois the segment's called Roaming St. Louis, but I include Southern Illinois, Central Illinois as part of St. Louis, the region. So I am in a town, and I want my guest to pronounce the name of the town. Millstadt. 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 I ask that because I've had people say Millstadt. And in Illinois and any, on the other side of the river, too, we have the, I have, I'm not from here. <laughs> so I always have to ask about pronunciations. For example... Athens instead of Athens, or Carondelet instead of Carondelet, things like that. So you just want to make sure. So Milstadt. Now, it's a, of German origin, I know, because Stadt is the German word for city. Yep. Do you know the story of how the name came about? I do. So it was originally, they submitted, uh, the village submitted their paperwork to be called Middlestadt to be called known as Middletown. And whenever they submitted the paperwork for the name of the village, they read it as Millstadt, um, two L's instead of two D's. And they came back, you know, the people in charge of a Millstadt at the time were fine with that, considering it was, you know, had strong roots as a farming and milling community anyway. So they just kind of rolled with it. Yeah, I love that. I'm with Brian Schubert and we are at his brewery and it's called Mill Pond. That's right. How did that name come about? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, talk about the name, you know, Millstadt. Millstadt has strong roots as a milling and farming community. Um, and at one time, you know, very lucky for villages and towns back then to have a mill. Um, and at one time, Millstadt had three mills all fed by the same mill pond, which is kind of a unique arrangement. Usually it's one mill, one mill pond, you know, one mill stream that feeds, you know, the wheel. And that unique arrangement the one mill pond fed all three mills. You know, mill ponds back then were kind of the first de facto like town or city parks, right? So it's where people went and had, you know, picnics on the hills of the mill pond. You know, in the wintertime, they'd go and sled or ice skate. So it's kind of like a community gathering place. So that's kind of the idea of mill pond to be a community gathering place. We're sitting in a room full of tables. I usually ask people, are there any stories about the table? There are. So my, my father, uh, who owned a, a butcher shop in Millstock by the name of Schubert's Packing Company, um, him and my, my mother owned it for 38 years. They sold it about you know eight, nine years ago or so, somewhere in that ballpark. So it's still open today by the name of Schubert's Smokehouse, just right down the street. Uh, after he sold the butcher shop, kind of retired. If you know my dad well enough, you know that he doesn't sit down and like really take a break too easily. So he always had a passion for woodworking. 
getting ready to open up the brewery. So, you know, kind of put them up to the challenge to make some tables for the brewery. So every table in the brewery, my dad actually made. Wow. Yeah. I love table stories, man. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah. And we've got some cool tables. Like we have a table in the front room that was actually my great grandfather's butcher table, you know, from here in Millstock. So my dad refinished that. That's a table out there. There's uh, some tables made from um, an old school gym floor in town. There's a table here made from an old workbench, which was in the building when we purchased the building. Um, so yeah, kind of a lot of repurposing, you know, trees off my parents' property and things of that sort. There's another table in this room. I thought it was a shuffleboard table, yeah. but it's not a shuffleboard table. Tell me what this is. Yeah, so a friend of mine made that for us when we opened up. The, the name of the game is is uh, carpet ball or gutter ball. So um, you kind of set, you know, one person on each side. Now, how long is this thing? About 12 feet or so, 14 feet. Um, you set up five of your balls on one side, your opponent sets five up on the other side, and then you kind of have like a um, like a strike ball you throw down one end, try to knock all of your opponent's balls into the gutter at the end of the board, and first one to do it wins. So It, it seems like a good drinking game. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, I, we were talking a little bit before that we, ideally you play with pool balls, but then sometimes it gets a little bit too too loud with the pool balls. Yeah. So we put racquetballs in there, but then our regulars want to use the pool balls, so it's kind of... It fluctuates between you. Know, one day you may come in here, maybe pool balls. The next day it'll be racket balls. So, but it's a lot of fun. So tell me about your brewery, how, how it got started, what was the impetus for it. And I know that you have the word incubator mm-hmm. at, as well as brewery, which yeah. you don't often see. So you have to tell me about that too. Sure. A lot of um, professional brewers that open up breweries, I think the statistic is 80% of them were home brewers at one point. You know, I was as well. And uh, really always kind of wanted to, you know, open up a brewery, I guess, kind of following in my parents' entrepreneurial footsteps, right? Um, I guess it's just always kind of been in my blood. But so I really wanted to do it. Um, we kind of come in a transition with the agency that I was with. My wife, Lizzie, was really the one that kind of gave me the kick in the butt and tell me that, you know, this was the time to go in and open up the brewery. Came up kind of with the concept of, you know, the incubator portion with my brother-in-law, uh, Jeremy. You know, opening up a brewery is a very difficult process from, you know, a funding perspective, from just, you know, all the licensing and things of that sort. It's just, a, you know, it, it's a lot. And I think any brewery owner would, would tell you the same thing. Um, so the goal was when we opened back in October of 19 was to allow like aspiring brewery owners uh, to be able to brew their beer here. Obviously we'd have to work them in occasionally with our, you know, heavy brew schedule, um, brew their beer here and then kind of put it for sale to the public with the goal of having them be able to raise some money as a nest egg for them to go out and open up their own brewery. Well, five months after we opened the pandemic hit. So I would, so the idea um, of that, I really would say, hasn't been 100% delivered on. I, I think our goal is to really identify somebody that wants to open up a brewery, have them come here, maybe brew semi-regularly. I've had some friends who have homebrewed. Mm-hmm. I've never done it myself. With their varying success. I mean, there was one <laughs> guy who had in his basement the whole setup. And his beer was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it was like anything you would get at a craft brewery. Then I've had other friends who were like, you know, taste my beer. 
And then I taste it, and I'm like, oh, oh God, this is so good. It's so good. You got to be honest with that. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, anyway, so how did you have the confidence that you, you, you had the goods? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there, there is a big transition from, you know, ramping up recipes, um, recipes that I had as a home brewer. And, you know, I home brewed a lot, did find some success in some competitions, but, you know, ultimately it's your, you know, your peers drinking it and enjoying it and liking it. It's okay. Like maybe there's, there's something here. And just, you know, for me, I was always, you know, taking all kinds of notes, adjusting things, you know, tasting them doing, um, doing some sensory programs and things of that sort to kind of understand like, all right, you know, where, where are these all flavors? Is this how it's supposed to taste? Is this following kind of the guidelines for it? And then, um, you know, for me, it was something that was very, very passionate about. When we first opened, you know, there, there were some beers that just needed some fine tuning because ramping them up, um, not everything scales one for one. So there are some beers that we vote that we opened with, uh, back in October 19 that, have been on again, but those beers have changed um, over time just as we've gotten used to our system and kind of had to make adjustments along the way. I read that you had a special holiday beer. Yeah. What was that? Little full, a lot of set. So, yeah, it's a winter ale that we use uh, 35 pounds of uh, locally sourced honey. So, usually my, my dad, of going back to how my dad has no rest, Outside of all the wood, he has beehives, of course. <laughs> of right? course, he and, and then he since built a butcher shop on his property. So, like, he's got too many things going on. Um, so, years past, we would source bees from him. He didn't have it. So, but a buddy of his down the street, you know, he's got something like fifty hives or something. So, source that honey and um, yeah, just make a you know a pretty high alcohol, nice winter warmer. But it's unfortunately gone now. So. Yeah, well, I have to bring it back. Um, I Next love the idea. I mean, honey in a, in a winter beer sounds really interesting. Your dad sounds like a Renaissance man, you know, making <laughs> tables, honey, butcher shop, butcher shop. and yeah. and your name I see all over town, Schubert Lane, and yeah. So your family, I assume, goes back quite a while here. Yeah, I mean, my dad grew up here. You know, my grandparents lived here for a long time. The Schubert name has been around in Millside for a long, long time. I grew up here. What's German about Millstadt these days? I mean, do you have German events? Is there still a, a feeling of German culture in the town? Yeah, I believe so. Very, very much so. And there are still um, a lot of German events pushed forward by the um, Millstadt Sister Cities program. So they you know, still have a Weinach Fest. Um, even for, you know, our, there used to be a, a, a Mai Fest, a May Fest, however you mm-hmm. want to pronounce it, in Millstadt back when... Um, that kind of went away, and so we've kind of brought that back after, well, after our third May that we were open, that we were actually, you know, could have a festival like that. We had our first uh, uh, Mayfest this year, and we actually brought the sister cities out, and they made potato pancakes and bratwurst patties and things of that sort. So I would say very, not only is Milstadt's root strong in German culture, um, and I think if you walked around, you know, walked around town, visited some of the businesses, you'll see that there are a lot of hard-headed German people. <laughs> My family included. <laughs> Did you make a Maybach for that? No, we didn't. There was a brewery in Millstock called Millstock Brewery Company that uh, went out of business uh, due to prohibition. The Millstock Historical Society has some of their old bottles, and they actually have a framed picture of two of their old labels. So 
we, uh, our artist that does all of our work, Tim Botchin, he took that and recreated that label. It's a, it's a die cut label. Um, and we made a beer. So the label from Millstop Brewing Company was called Millstop Light Lager. So we made a beer called Old Millstop Light Lager. Uh, he recreated that die cut label and we used that label on, I would say probably our most popular beer. I've seen your beer list. I'm guessing that Lawrence is your dad's name? It's my father. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a beer on tap called yeah, Lawrence? called Lawrence. Our line of IPAs, I would say, that are kind of like, we always joke with people, it's just like stuff my dad says type of thing. So our stuff my grandparents say, like we have a beer that we'll release in um, a couple weeks of IPA. We actually got to add a second dry hop to it today called Ishkabibble. So, Ishkabibble. Ishkabibble. So it was something that my grandparents always said to her, was like, uh, you know, it's nonsense talk, right? It's like a German, like, oh, it's just good. Like, it's, it's you're talking nonsense. Oh, you right? should keep that German culture yeah, right. alive. But then there's names like, you know, we have a beer on now, which is, has a cult following around here called Pete Zump. So the story behind Pete Zump is when we were kids, you know, my dad, obviously, or my parents with the butcher shop, uh, you know, see a lot of people. A lot of people know him. He knows a lot of people. But every once in a while, we'd be out to dinner somewhere and be like, hey, Larry, what's going on? Hey. He, that individual would walk away and be like, Dad, who is that? And sometimes you wouldn't remember. <laughs> and so he would say, oh, it's Pete Zomp. Pete Zomp. Pete Zomp. Or we have another beer. It's called, oh, it's Pay to Blowsage. You know, it's like he would just <laughs> tell us these names. And so we have beers after, like I said. I love that. Stuff my family says. I love the origin of beer names. I just, yeah. I love the creativity of yeah. behind it. It's fun to do. Yeah. All right. I have another townie question. All right. What or who is the Tin Man? The Tin Man is our uh, is our awesome water tower that they're actually in the middle of refurbishing. So if you drive in the town now, you'll see it um, sits really close to the uh, fire station that it's been completely sandblasted off and it's all clear. But yeah. so it's not the rust is gone. Right, the rust the rust is gone. I'm sure. I don't know if they kind of start. I don't really know where that in the process to be honest. So I'm though I'm sure they'll probably have to go back and patch it and. Prime and do all that kind of good stuff. I think every town like this should have a water tower. Right. You know? Well, I mean, in that kind of style is uh, pretty historic and iconic. And, um, you know, I think their, their goal of saving it is because there's not many of them left, you know, especially around this area. So I love the fact that I drove in here from St. Louis and I did not have to go on a highway. Right. Or an, inter- an interstate. No. I mean, I drove all back roads. And it was great. And it, crossing the bridge didn't add 30 minutes to it. No. No, despite what most people think. Like, my family and I, we live on the Missouri side. And it takes me, we live in the city, and it takes me 22 minutes to get here. Oh, so, so where do you live in the city? In, uh, um, like, the Compton Heights area. Okay. Yeah. We're neighbors. Oh, yeah? I live in Tower Grove East. Oh, really? Oh, sure. <laughs> We're right down the street. Oh, heck. <laughs> yeah, we should get together and have some beers. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any plans for the brewery or the town that you know about in the new year? Um, plans for the brewery? Well, we actually um, have a new uh, barrel age adjunct stout that we just released today. Um, so you can, you know, shameless plug, you can buy it online at millpondbrewing.com through our store. Or, you know, if we have any left, you can, you know, come in and uh, see if we have any bottles available. We'll have a a little bit on draft for it, but most of it will be in bottles. You know, coming into the new year, I think, you know, for us, we just kind of continue what we always do. We always rotate in and out all kinds of different lager style beers, um, all, all different IPAs, um, I would say, you know, for the most part. And every once in a while, we'll sprinkle in the, 
the winter ale, a little full, a lot of sap. We have a, uh, a beer that was actually ideated and named by our employees on tap. It's a robust porter with vanilla beans. Some new barrel-age stuff. We started our barrel-age program. Um, we kind of delayed it a year uh, due to you know the pandemic. But So we had our first releases um, in April, May of 2022. And then now this year we're going to have some more, including um, outside of stouts, We'll have some barley wine releases, you know, early in 2023. Yeah, it's only a 20-minute drive from St. Louis to come here and yeah. visit the Mill Pond Brewery and Incubator with yeah. Brian Schubert, the owner. I really appreciate your time. And yeah, thank you. Come visit Mill Stocks. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 